What's going on, everybody? How's it shaking? What's up? Yeah. It's been a week. Quite the week. There was a lot of excitement last week with the release of The Flash. I was excited. I couldn't wait to see it. And there's a lot of people that were hoping that it would be bigger than it is and was and has become. But uh, that just that didn't that didn't pan out like it was supposed to, unfortunately. Very, very unfortunate. But let's take a look here. We got we got some cool things to talk about. Triton, yo yo, it's me, your resident Restore the Snyderverse fanboy. What's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, there's not too much Snyderverse stuff to talk about. Maybe a little bit when we talk about the Flash. I don't know if you actually did see it, Triton, or not. I know you were hesitant on on giving anything to Warner Brothers. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the first thing I actually do want to talk about, which is something that I think uh, would be probably exactly right up your alley here. And that is Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. So Netflix had a little presentation uh, to dumb because you know the noise that it makes Netflix makes whatever anyways so they had this this <laughs> um, event where they talked about a lot of their upcoming projects over the next you know six months 12 months whatever it is obviously the big one that a lot of people wanted to uh, see more about was Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon uh, so I'm going to play this here and let's just kind of watch it. I've only watched it one time. So let's see if I catch anything here that I didn't catch before. I love behind the scenes footage stuff. Growing up, I used to watch a lot of the Star Wars behind-the-scenes things. I loved it. Until I came onto this. I mean, this is Zack Snyder's this movie Star Wars, not Star Wars. Existed elementally for twenty years. It's a story of a few against many. And I'm here for it. I'm all the way here for Rebel Man. Getting a chance to tell a story that I've been thinking about for quite a while. He's got a great cast. Really excited about Zach. I just really value and admire his enthusiasm for the craft. I hadn't quite anticipated the physical requirements of this. I mean, I you know they're sitting there talking about how much training they had to go into, but it's pretty typical for bigger action movies where you're training for months at a time. But I get it; they're hyped. They're trying to hype this up. We get to traverse the darker corners of this universe. Or have a huge suspicion for this film. I wonder how much the cast actually knows about the entire story. Because Zach has been working on this for, what, 20 years? So I'm curious to see what they all know about what's in his mind. 
Yeah, I mean, this is all typical, you know, Zack Snyder imagery. Um, so they don't give us much. But, I, I, I mean, I'm excited. I, I do want to see what what Rebel Moon is going to be all about, being a big Star Wars fan. I do want to see. Uh, let's catch up on some of these comments here. Hunter Iggy, Burgeon Geekdoms, do you think Blue Beetle movie will fail? Um, we'll talk about that when I, when I get past the Flash stuff, because I do want to talk about the future of Warner Brothers DC content. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about that. But I, I, uh, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to answer, man. That really is. Triton says, still not watch The Flash, still not going to. I'm sticking to my guns. Also, I know it's unlikely because it's Netflix, but I'd kill for a Blu-ray of Rebel Moon. I, I wouldn't say that it's out of the realm of possibility that we will get a Blu-ray, physical copies of Rebel Moon. Uh, Netflix has, over the last couple of years, truly changed their ideas and concepts of releasing movies and content. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they have announced yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rebel Moon was released in theaters uh, at least for like one weekend or something like that. And so I could see them at some point possibly releasing a Blu-ray. It may be a year, two years after it releases on Netflix because they want to garner those, those subscribers. And after about a year or two, people aren't going to be subscribing to watch Rebel Moon, but it would be a hell of a way to amp up excitement for Rebel Moon 2 or whatever Zach is doing after that point. Uh, to release it physically. So I think it is a good possibility. Triton says, and, and Empire of Dreams is peak Star Wars behind-the-scenes content. Dude, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. I have, and, and honestly, I remember, so when I was a kid, uh, maybe 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there, 11 years old at the oldest, somewhere around there, uh, there was a, a uh, Omnimax theater in my in my city i live in pittsburgh pennsylvania and there's this big omnimax which is like a curved screen that goes over your head and it's huge absolutely huge and they were playing a star wars um a star wars behind the scenes you know documentary there i went and saw it three times three times i went and saw that as a little kid i went and saw that three times it was phenomenal uh but yeah empire of dreams is fantastic Lawrence Fury, what up? What's going on, man? Nice to see you here. Uh, we had a nice little conversation on Twitter today. What's going on? Hunter says, do you remember James Gunn said that Blue Beetle will appear in the DCU? I do remember that. Uh, what he actually said, he was on Michael Rosenbaum's uh, Inside of You podcast, and he actually said that Blue Beetle is the first character of the DCU, while Superman Legacy will be the first movie of the DCU it's kind of confusing because you would think if blue Beetle's going to be in the DCU, his movie's the first one. But I think the way that he was speaking about that is that Superman is going to be the first movie made by DC studios for the DCU. Blue Beetle was not made by DC studios. It was not made specifically for the DCU, but they're going to utilize that character. That's kind of how I took it. Triton says Rebel Moon was recently confirmed to be getting a theatrical release late December. Okay. Whether it's limited or not, I don't know. So that's, yeah. I, like I said, there's been a huge shift in the way Netflix has been uh, really kind of pushing their ideas of releasing films. And it doesn't surprise me that we're going to get a, a theatrical release because it just makes sense. It really does. 
Lawrence, yeah, honestly, I can dis I can disagree with you. Okay. Oh, can't disagree with you. Uh, he was talking facts. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's kind of the big thing when I'm on Twitter. I, I will get out of hand sometimes. I can be an asshole from time to time. I think anybody can. Uh, and, and sometimes I allow my my passion to get the better of me. But I try to talk fact. I try to talk sense into a lot of these ideas and ideals that people have. And Triton even can attest to that last week. We had a great back and forth while on my live show. And uh, it was great. Yeah, so excellent. Anyway, so the Rebel Moon stuff, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I haven't seen, I, we still haven't seen enough. While we saw that BTS, we, we saw a very small clip of a, of a spacecraft we still don't know enough about this. And I'm really, really jealous of all those, those poster winners who got a chance to go on set, like Dawson Weedrick from uh, uh, four nerds and, and, you know, a bunch of other people that are on Twitter artists and such that got to go. Cause it's fantastic. The, the fact that they get to, they got to experience and see some of it. They know so much more than even we do right now. And I would love to know more about what's going on because I think it's going to be a hell of a film. Look again, I'm a big star Wars nut. And the fact that Lucasfilm though was like, nah, we don't want that. I think Zack Snyder's going to do something special and be like, look what you guys lost out on. This is what you could have had. So I, I am really hoping that, uh, that rebel moon pans out because I think, I truly, truly believe that uh, Rebel Moon could be a huge get for Netflix and uh, for fans. I mean, if you think about it, the fans, I mean, that's that's what it really comes down to is how are the fans going to take it? And that's one thing that I worry about all the time when people when these Snyderverse fans are so toxic online and everything because they are truly hurting Zach's name. They're making it seem like it's this cult. And I'm not saying cult. I will never say that the Snyder fandom is a cult because that's, that's going too far, but there is this idea and this belief that these Snyder fans are just so obsessed that they don't even want to hear anything about Snyder. And I think that hurts Zach and his vision and his other projects in the long run, which is just disappointing to me because I, he's a good filmmaker. He's a really, really good filmmaker. And it's unfortunate that there's so many people that, you know, are kind of hurting that they really are. All right. So I've got this here. Um, I might. So this even the hunter and i tell you what when i saw that this was coming out i, I truly just need to ask you why what what is the point behind doing a a, a movie for craven the hunter i i just don't get it like sony has has taken these these different things with uh spider-man villains like venom and venom 2 in my opinion are just horrendous films morbius don't even get me started on that movie they keep tarnishing the spider-man name talking about tarnishing somebody's name sony just cannot make a spider-man movie without spider-man because they're making these villains anti-heroes or they're trying to find ways to justify what they're doing so even after the fact even venom yeah 
Brock, Eddie Brock with Venom, they're not good people, but you get attached to them and like them. So if they do ever introduce a Spider-Man into this universe, you're not going to root for Spider-Man. You're going to root for Venom. And that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the stories and, and what they're trying to, and what they should be trying to tell. So that's my problem I have with that there. They say he uses the connection with animals to track his prey. This though, I, I just, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I just don't understand what drew him to this. six of you now. I just, I don't know. Like, why? I, I, I don't know. My father puts evil into the world. I take it out. See, and that's what I don't like. like you, you, you see this, and it's... I think you're some kind of honor. He's become a hero taking out... And, and I guess, you know, if you take a look at comics and stuff, Craven the Hunter wasn't necessarily a villain, a bad guy. But he would go to extremes to hunt down the um non-human <laughs> uh characters that were in in the spider-man universe and i guess you know they do tease rhino at the end here so i guess it could be a little bit of that but i don't know man like look look they're they're doing the same crap they did with morbius like the jumping on the walls and the i i don't know I, I don't know. Don't you want to know why they call me the rhino? I, I, I really, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's a, um, if it's a good thing, if the movie's going to be good or not. Uh, going off the track record, track record for Sony when it comes to their films. Uh, yeah, no. I, I don't think it's going to be good. Venom, Venom 2, uh, it, it, Morbius, it, they were all bad. They were just all bad. Uh, Triton says, I'm looking forward to Craven. I liked both Venom films and massive hot take coming. That's even hotter than my Dark Knight hot take last week. I thought Morbius was pretty okay. <laughs> you really built that up like it was going to be something even crazier. Like it was going to be, oh, Morbius is the greatest movie of all time. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't want to yuck on your yum for Venom. I just don't I don't get how people like those movies. I just don't get it. My kids were watching uh, the second one this past weekend, and I just sat there and watched maybe about 35, 40 minutes of it, which is more than half the movie because it's like a seven-minute long movie. But I sat there, and it's just there's no redeeming qualities to it. The, the the VFX are just horrendous. The character of Venom and Eddie Brock are just mishandled completely. The action is non-existent because it's just a bunch of smashing characters together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't get it. I wish I understood. I wish I could like those movies and I keep giving them a chance. That's my problem. Even though I don't like them, I keep giving them a chance. I blame my kids for that one though, because they always want to go see those, those movies. I don't want to see uh, Hunter Iggy Lucasfilms. They didn't want another, let's see. They wanted another outpaced adventure because they already have star Wars. No, Lucasfilm 
was approached by by Zack Snyder for his Rebel Moon movie to actually be a Star Wars movie. It was actually he wrote it to be a Star Wars. So it would have taken place within the Star Wars universe, just separate from the Skywalker saga or whatever it is, because Snyder's a huge Star Wars fan. So that's that's what Rebel Moon was going to be. He wanted it to be a Star Wars film. And he's even talked about it where after the fact, after Lucasfilm turned it down, he had to rewrite it. He had to to make it its own thing. Triton says, I think Blue Beetle will bomb hard. Like I brought up last week, there's so much division and bad faith. Plus, Blue Beetle is a C-tier character, but unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't part of a successful franchise. I, uh, we're going to get into Blue Beetle here in a second. Uh, what else? What, what do I have next to talk about? Uh, oh, Craven trailer. If you guys don't have anything to say about Craven, I'm not. I, I really just wanted to watch the trailer because, uh, yeah. Jay Casali, what's going on? I think I said that right. Casali, Casali, whatever. It's a shame the Flash flopped. I like the movie mostly for Michael Keaton. He's my favorite Batman. And yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's get into the Flash. And Triton, I hope you stick around. I know you're not planning on seeing it. This will be a little spoilery. I won't. I mean, honestly, the whole movie was spoiled on Twitter to begin with. But I get it. I am going to talk spoilers here and there. And and I I want to just. I want to address the elephant in the room first and foremost. Is this the greatest superhero ever made? No. Is it a good superhero film? Yes. Would I put it up there with the likes of The Dark Knight or Man of Steel or Batman Begins or Avengers Infinity War or things like that? No. But I don't think you really can because it is a different type of movie. You know, that's one thing that people don't understand. Like, you can have more than one best of comic book movie because, you know, the 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 gold standard that a lot of people use, and I'm not one of them because I don't think it, it sits that high, but the gold standard for a lot of people is The Dark Knight. And here's the thing. The Dark Knight is a very dark and somber movie. And, and you know, even in the end, you know, it's that Empire Strikes Back type of feeling where yeah the the hero won but they still lost in the end and that's the dark knight so that's like a very somber movie you take a look at infinity war it's the same way as the dark knight sure they won to no actually the heroes don't even win in that movie they lose in an infinity war so when i take a look at the flash it's not that type of movie it's not at those stakes, it's not to be that kind of somber film. So to me, you can't compare it to a Dark Knight or an Infinity War or something like that. I look at it, it's a fun action flick that has superhero-ness in it. The Flash is in it. It's got some good comedic moments. It's not MCU type of humor, but it's also not its own type of humor. So that's like, to me... When I take a look at that movie and I sit back and I think about it, I, I think you know, I had a hell of a good time with it. There were some moments where I sat there and were like, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I wish I could have written it better. But overall, I mean, it's uh, I enjoyed it. And, and I will tell you, I got choked up. There was a moment where I, I got choked up in the movie. 
There really is. It's it's not it's not as bad as a lot of people are saying. The fact that it's only made $160 million right now, what is it, nine days since it's been out, or not nine days, it's been out, what, six days? Six days, and it's only made $160 million, I think, is a disgrace. Not to the movie, because the movie deserves better. But I think it's a disgrace that there aren't people going out and seeing it, because it's a good film. Uh, I can stay on for an hour. So also I know the entire plot. Hell, I guess like 85% of it, every cameo. Oof. <laughs> Jay Castle says maybe if Ezra didn't do those crazy things and the movie didn't get so many free screenings before June 16th, it wouldn't have bombed. Uh, Triton says BVS two Superman. Yeah. Lux one Superman that, uh, comparing it to the empire strikes back and everything. Yeah. Uh, Black rock through 16, the introduction to the flash from 2017 heard it. Casali Casali says that is also true. That's the thing. Is it? Is it the Ezra? Like what? What causes caused the flop for the Flash? Because the movie was fun. Keaton was great in it, and I was actually happy to see that they limited Keaton's role because they remembered that Barry Allen, the twenty thirteen or twenty twenty three Barry Allen, was the main character. And they kept the focus on him. Sure, it's cool to see Michael Keaton back. And they could have easily, they could have easily just lost focus and shifted more towards Michael Keaton's Batman. But they didn't. And they did a good, really good job with that. And if I say, and if I'm going to be honest, quite possibly what I think is the biggest letdown of the movie is Sasha Cow's Supergirl. Not because she didn't do well. I think she did well for what she was doing. I just think she was underutilized. I think that they could have gotten away, could have gone gotten away with not even utilizing her in the movie, not utilizing any Superman or Super Kryptonian or Kryptonian or whatever. Uh, Jay says, "I guess also the general audience aren't fans of Snyderverse anymore. Even won't know, even won't know if Michael Keaton, of Michael Keaton since he was Batman in the '80s and '90s." Nah. People know Keaton is Batman, and, and enough people know. Even my my 14-year-old and 11-year-old sons knew that Michael Keaton was Batman before, and, they, and they've watched those movies. So I wouldn't say that the audience isn't aware of Michael Keaton, but I also have to say that it's more about the fact that... Um, I don't know. Like I, I, The general audience, I think, I think you're on to something when it comes to the Snyderverse. I think people are, and again, I know, I know, before you come at me, everybody, I know that Flash is not technically Snyderverse. But the character, this character, this iteration of the Flash stems from the Snyderverse. Even 2017's Justice League, people look at that as Snyderverse and they see that's where the Flash stems from. And it's hard for the audience to separate like the fans can that this is a different iteration from Zach's vision or this. They see it as this, this iteration of these characters started in 2013 and it's to this point. So I can't agree that to a point, the general audience just doesn't want to see this iteration of the flash. I can see that. Oh man. Let's see. I got a bunch of, bunch of things going on here. Let's see here. Uh, give me a second here. I'm going to link. 
Uh, like that, maybe. Let's see if you got it. Uh, Prime, I, I threw you a link in, a, in our chat. Um, let's see. Way up here. I can say, Triton says, I can say this about Flash. The score has no continuity, no Zod theme for Man of Steel. Baffleck didn't get his theme from the Snyder Cutter, even BVS, but Keaton got his theme because nostalgia. Actually, Triton, you're, you're not correct on that. Affleck, the bat Baffleck actually got his theme. I want to say it was from BVS. Uh, his the theme when um, he's chasing down the thugs on the dock in the shipyard. But it's brief. It's very very brief because the focus is Barry Allen's Flash. So don't forget that. So that scene, the big the big scene with Baffleck's Batman and. It's really the opening scene of the movie. Yes, we do get a taste of Affleck's theme. It is there. I heard it very briefly, but I did hear it. As for Zod, I heard there were a lot of nods musically to Man of Steel when it came to Zod. Whether it was the theme that played for Zod during those, that movie or not, I'd have to watch again. Uh, because I do try to pay attention to the score when I see a film. So that to me, the score wasn't overall. The score wasn't great. It had some some moments of greatness, uh, but even the Keaton score, even the 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 nineteen eighty nine Batman theme, it was never overpowering. It was never there was never a sense of of course they're playing that here. Uh, when I did notice it, when I did hear it, it put a smile on my face. But again, like with Baffleck, this movie is not about Batman. It's about Flash. And they really made sure that that, that was the focus. Uh, Triton, you're fine. You can comment away, my man. You can comment away. Uh, Prime says, there are reasons why Flash isn't getting the money, time, and slot position. Actually, speaking of Prime the Godfather. Um, are you here? What's going on? What's up, man? You there? Huh. Let's see if he jumps in. Jay says, what I mean is most people these days think of either Christian Bale or Pattinson for Batman. Uh, huh. yeah, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot that can be said and, and possibly even. Um, oh, wait, you're muted. Why are you muted? Uh, you mute you, you muted yourself, but uh, there's a lot to say. Yeah, I think if Christian Bale would have come in and they would have brought him in, it it possibly could have made a little bit more money than it did with Keaton, only because of the love that that Nolan trilogy has more recently. Uh, but I don't think people sit there and think of just of Bale or Pattinson as Batman. I think they still look at Ben Affleck. I think they still think of Keaton, Clooney. Uh, you know, Val Kilmer, Adam West, you know, people have these memories. That, that's Batman is such a big character and has always been such a big character that people can realize and see all of that. BlackRock 316, what's going on, man? Drama aside, I think general audience think Ezra is miscast. Ezra is not the type of actor that can draw people into a theater. You got that there, man. You're not wrong. I, I've said that for years that I don't think Ezra Miller is a leading man. He's a decent actor. He's a good actor. I've liked him in a lot of things that I've watched, but this was the first time that he had to be the leading man of a film. 
And I don't think he failed at it, but I don't think the general audience trusted that he could do it. And not only that they couldn't, they didn't trust that he could do it, but he's never been a leading man. There's never been a reason to think that he can be a leading man and he's not a draw. He isn't. Let, let's face it. Ezra Miller isn't a good looking guy. He's not built. I mean, he's not bad looking, but you know, when you think of the big stars, when you think of the type of actors that draw people in, they're good looking. They're hell of an actor. They're they've won awards already. They've they're big and bulky and strong. Ezra Miller just doesn't fit any of that, at least not yet. So I, I can I can buy into that a good a little bit. BlackRock, I can. <coughs> hey, what's going on, Prime? You there? There, I hear you. I don't know if you're. Yeah, I'm here, man. I won't be a little. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say a couple of things. Just you know, I'm gonna be a little bit distorted. I'm at work right now, so because the okay. area is kind of the internet is crazy. But I will say, I will say this, and I'll put this in this full perspective. That a lot of people have not been bringing it up because they've been not looking at the primary, per, you know, the primary reasons on why some of these. It's not just the flash that's not being not being successful. Mm-hmm. There are more films that have not been successful. So let me break it down. People have not took into consideration that there is competition, the way these films have been slotted and where they've been slated. Think about it. Flash came out on the 16th. What movies didn't even have a two week window yet? And they came in within a week of before everyone else had came out. Y'all have to realize in the matter of, I would say, almost two and a half weeks we didn't had like five blockbuster films drop at the same time. The average moviegoer is not going to go to the movie like that, especially if they have a family. So let me break down the movies that came out right after, I would say, at the end of May, going in, um, just in this month time frame. You had Fast 10, you had Little Mermaid, you had Transformers, you had Flash. You have Elemental. You have, um, did I miss anything? You got Spider-Man. These are just the movies that are just out now. Oh, we still got Guardians of the Galaxy 3. These are films that are still in. So when you take into consideration, think of how much movie tickets, how much they cost. Then you also have to think about the actual average movie goer, the normies. If they know that a movie is going to be on a streaming service within 17 days, they're just going to back off and let that. They're just going to wait for that. So the studios have to be accountable for that as well. People are not taking that into consideration. If I have a family of four or a family of five, okay, and I got all these movies, do you think a family of five is going to go to the movies three times? On the average, and you think about the average of a, of a movie ticket, if you round it all off, okay, a movie ticket here where I'm at is for an adult, it's $14. The average ticket around the country, and we're just going domestically, costs $11. So when you take into account the cost of a ticket, we can just go with the bare minimum, a family of four. That is over $40, and we ain't even get to the concession yet. So people are not taking into consideration of that as well. People will actually say, well, why did Mario make this amount of money? Or why did this movie make this amount of money? Why? Because Mario, when it came out, was by itself. It didn't have any competition. So, of course, it was going to be successful. There was a lot of competition, and people do not take that into consideration. Now, if you're a moviegoer like myself, I have a movie pass. 
My children are grown. So I don't have to worry about that. For the actual person that has a movie pass, I can go to the movies every single day if I want to for a flat rate of $19 a month with a movie pass. But the average family member does not have movie passes for everybody. So you have to take that into consideration as well. And people are not taking that into account. They're making all these other excuses why people don't want to see this or why people don't want to see that. Look, and I'll, and this is the last point before I'll get back to Rob. I would say that when you look at all these films and the way that you're, where you're looking at them, you have to look. If you had to choose everybody that's in the chat and everybody that's going to look at this later, you got four movies that you had to choose from and you got children. What movie are you going to take your children to go see? And they still in theaters. Are you picking Spider-Man? Are you picking Transformers? Are you picking Flash? Are you picking Guardians? Are you picking Little Mermaid? You have to pick an Elemental that just came out. You have to pick and choose on what one film that you are going to take your family. What are you going to choose? People don't take that into consideration. Go ahead, Rob. I know you. Yeah, have some well, no, I mean, I don't. I don't completely disagree with you, but in a way, I mean, yes. The the prices of going to the films. I mean, I, it was me and and two of my boys. We went to see it, and between tickets and snacks, I spent seventy dollars. You know, for for three of us to go, seventy dollars, insane. But there has there's more to it, and and yes, you can take that into consideration, but. This was touted to be for three years to be a huge blockbuster movie. And yes, while you had Guardians of the Galaxy, which is still in theaters, but the run is pretty much over. Little Mermaid's run's almost over. Really, the, the biggest thing that it had to go up against was Transformers, which has lost a lot of steam over the years and into uh, across the Spider-Verse. Both of those movies, yeah, people will, will go see. And that's that's where its its battle was more than anything else. I, I don't not saying that 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 isn't a factor in it, but I think that is a very, very small factor across, you know, when it comes to everything else. Because don't remember, I'm I just what a month and a half ago thought that the Flash was going to make eight hundred to nine hundred million dollars. I really truly thought it was going to, but it's not going to hit those numbers at all. So it's just it, there's something more to it, and I don't think it's it's just one thing. I think well, it, is well, a, it goes back to what I was just saying. That plays a major factor because when you think about it, if you really take into consideration, look at all the films. This is just not something that's coincidental. I I projected that the Flash was going to make over eight hundred million dollars, close to getting to a billion, because of the buzz, the marketing, the outcry, and the aesthetics that you see. So you have to look at it like this: Little Mermaid ain't doing so well. Fast and Furious didn't do too well. Elemental right now was bombing like crazy. Flash is not doing too good, and Spider Verse is is not doing the way they projected it. It just crossed over five hundred million. Yeah. Same thing with Little Mermaid. It's doing fantastic in the Philippines and Japan right now. So you have to take into consideration it's going to take a little bit of time for a lot of these films. People are focused on domestically. And oh, the yeah. thing about it is, is that the eight, I know I'm probably getting lost because of the signal, but a lot of people have to take it to the Asian market is what is what people bank on. And you when you don't have that 
that that is an issue and that's that's the thing that they bank on especially disney and a lot of these other corporations so but i get it domestic is the main thing but you also have to look at it like this this is a major factor look at the numbers look at the aesthetics look at the whole thing i don't think just because people were saying well is this or is that i don't i don't believe that I believe it does come down because of competition. I believe it comes down to a lot of variety. And I also believe that people are going to spend the less dollar knowing that if it's within 17 days or less, where they can get it at a cheaper price and they can watch it at home, why would they go out to the theaters and go watch it? So, you know, some people have to take that into consideration. I know I'm probably breaking up very bad, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there definitely. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, and I think the first weekend, the first week, you know, is what it is. We'll see what that drop is like this coming weekend. Uh, you know, if it stays below that sixty percent, you know, for for drop, I think we could see that this might have legs. So I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna have to watch is what happens this second week uh, in theaters for sure. Uh, I want to get back to some of these comments here. Triton says, my opinion on Sasha is, is this 100% miscast as Kara, but I think if they went with Laura Lane Kent from Injustice, OMFG, she'd have been perfect. She's a spitting image of Laura Lane Kent. Yeah, I'm not really sure why, because if you really look at the, if you look at the story of the movie, yeah, I guess that's why they decided to use, use her as Kara. But they could have easily written it a different way and made her Laura Lane Kent. I, I, there's, yeah, they could have done some different things with it. But again, I, I don't have an issue with Sasha Cow. I, I think she did well in the role. I just don't think she needed to be there. There wasn't a lot for her to do. And that was, that's my issue with her is uh, there just wasn't enough to really showcase her in any way, shape, or form. That's just my opinion. And Triton says, sorry if I comment too much. You're completely fine, man. Uh, Jay says, the heck does that mean that Elfman theme is recognizable as John Williams' Superman theme? They resonate with those characters. Uh, I, I mean, I was talking about the themes. And again, I am not saying... I didn't say... I don't know. Did somebody else say something bad about the the, the Batman theme? Because I didn't say anything bad about it. Again, in the movie when the Batman theme, the 1989 Batman theme would pop up, it, it never pulled me out. I never, it, it never pulled me out of the scene because, Oh, there's the Batman theme again. Um, it fit. They, they placed it perfectly right for me. And when I did notice it was there, it was at moments where I could go nice. It, yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I, but I'm not sure, you know, I mean, yes, those themes are recognizable and, and great. I think you're talking about Triton up here. Maybe said something about it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Triton says Baffleck is way more popular than Battinson, and from what I've seen, is rapidly overtaking Bale in popularity too. I think it's just because it's been ten years since we've seen Bale. <laughs> you know, Affleck is is still around in some form or fashion. Uh, he has a great Bruce Wayne. He's kind of the whole package. You know, Bale was a was a great Bruce Wayne, a mediocre Batman. Um, you know, Affleck is an all around great Batman and Bruce Wayne, at least in my opinion. So yeah, but I, I yeah yeah I, I get it. Jay says as a fan of eighty nine Batman and Batman Returns, Flash amped him up on another level, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean they did great with that Batman. It was cool to see him pull some 
really cool uh, fighting moves, uh, things that we never could have seen back in 89 or 1992 with with that iteration of him. So absolutely, I'm all for seeing that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that were complaining because there is a moment in the movie where he fights one of the larger Kryptonians and people are like, oh, he would never beat a Kryptonian. Uh, you know, Superman struggled with him. And it's like, well, yeah, but this is one, a different universe. And two, he doesn't technically beat him. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep that in mind. So there's a lot of things that people just want to bitch and complain about for sure. But I, I again, I think they did great with Keaton. Jay also says this was also supposed to reset the DCU as Gunn said, but that was a lie and turned into a joke with George Clooney. I disagree. What this did was it did reset the universe. It, it showed Barry Allen is not in the same universe. So in the general audience, the viewer's eyes, this movie explains that there is a spaghetti of a multiverse. And that there could be things that are similar and different. And I think that's very important to realize when it comes to what James Gunn is going to be doing. Because his universe will be a, a spaghetti string of that multiverse. While, yes, this character might be played by Jason Momoa. Aquaman still may be Jason Momoa, but Batman and Superman are be different people. And, this, and, and I think that's why he was saying, yes, this resets the DCU. This is going to reset things so people will understand that, yes, you can have the same actors in these roles and other actors in different roles. And I think that's what he was more along the lines of talking about. And I, I, again, I think the George Clooney thing was cool. I liked it. I thought it was great. You know, the fact that the most hated Batman, you know, is brought back and he does it so cool and suave. And he's Bruce Wayne in that moment. You're like, yeah, that's, that's George Clooney is Bruce Wayne. It works. Uh, let's give this movie some credit. It made Nicolas Cage a Superman reality in one universe. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about this. This whole Speed Force CGI VFX thing is just absolutely asinine to me. Okay. Granted, you know, it was a artistic choice. They chose to make things look a little wonky in the Speed Force. And I get that. And it works. In my opinion, it works because he's not seeing things as they are in real life at that moment. He's seeing images of the past in different, in different scenarios. So to me, it works. It works. And I also think that they one reason why they chose to go that chose to go that route is because things like Christopher Reeves Superman and uh, you know, different iterations of these characters where they can't have them there. They can't reuse or, or, or not reuse, but, you know, shoot new footage in any way. It was just easier for them, I think, to do it that way. But it's not bad where it takes you out of the film because when you see it in the moment, when you see it as it's happening, it makes sense. And you're like, oh, okay, it fits. It's not bad. It doesn't look terrible. It works. I just, people wanted to bitch and complain for any reason but yes Nicolas Cage as Superman was great I love that they did that I've always wanted to see him as super I still want to see him as Superman even more BlackRock if you look at other social media sites especially Facebook not too many people were talking about seeing the Flash in theaters yeah I mean it, it's just unfortunate it really is I wish people would sit there and actually 
go and see the flash I, I this could have legs this movie could have legs it could go on for another four or five weeks and make a hundred million plus every week that's a possibility but i think we're gonna know for a fact come this weekend what kind of legs it has uh triton says baffleck was the f- was the first time I felt like I was just watching a dude in a bat suit, but ra- I wasn't just watching a dude in a bat suit, but rather I was watching the Dark Knight himself rip from the comics and made flesh and blood. Can't say better than that, man. You're right on with Batfleck. Jay says the only Batman in live action I care about is Keaton. <laughs> we all have our favorites. We all have our favorites, but that doesn't necessarily make any of the others any less important. Yes, even George Clooney is an important part of Batman lore and live-action Batmans. I said it. Jay says, if it weren't for Keaton and Burton Batman, uh, wait, if it weren't for Keaton and Burton Batman would not be where he is today. Not wrong. You're not wrong. But that's not to say the Batman that came after aren't any good. Lawrence Fury says, I want to see Clooney as Batman again. So do I. I think Clooney, you know, everybody wants to see the Dark Knight Returns. There's a long, long time ago, people were always like, oh, I want to see Clint Eastwood. And now people are, I want to see Ben Affleck, which I would love to see Ben Affleck in that role, 100%. But George Clooney, I wouldn't count him out. I think he'd be damn good in a Dark Knight Returns type of role. Blackrock, the the director should never have explained the CGI. I don't think he had to at first. Like even when I saw when I saw previews and saw what people were posting online, it made sense to me as a comic book fan, as a movie fan. I understood. Okay, that's an artistic choice. I can tell he's in the Speed Force. He's not in the real world. So to me, it made sense. But because there was so much outcry from it, people were they needed they needed an explanation. But the problem is you fall into that possibility that if you come out after the fact and explain it, then it's just, Oh, they're making up an excuse. That isn't really what it was. They're just saying that. So it doesn't look so bad. And that's kind of what happened. Hunter Iggy, they de-aged Nicholas Cage and the OG Supergirl young. Yeah, I know. I know that they did some live action or live shooting for some people, but I think they, the reason, even though they did that, they still had to, put that weird effect on everybody so it matched everything else that's what i'm trying to say jay in my opinion the cameo scene was in my eyes honoring what came before in dc live action past 100 you know the crazy thing is and if you've watched or listened to my show over the years i knew about this scene two years ago two and a half years ago before the movie was even done being shot i knew about this scene I knew oh, there's multiple scenes like this, but I knew about it. I knew that Christopher Reeves was going to be, they were going to put him in it. I knew about Nicolas Cage. I knew about um, uh, Adam West Batman showing up. I knew all these because, you know, they wanted to find a way to honor the past and show everybody that it's all connected. All of it has always been connected. For me, where I think they dropped the ball is not showcasing any of the CW verse. Uh, even though I despise what it became, it's a big part of DC, DC's history. And I think that they should have shown either that of Val Kilmer or George Clooney's Batman as well, because 
in my eyes, those have always been separate from the Burton verse. You've had the two Michael Keaton films. And while a lot of people try to say, oh, Forever and Batman and Robin are three and four of that. Personally, I've always seen them as separate films disconnected from the Burton verse. So I think it would have been cool to see at least one of them, preferably Val Kilmer's Batman in some form or fashion. Uh, BlackRock says, I think it is. The, I think this is the second time Affleck was in not a not was in a not so good looking bat suit. I didn't like the bat suit either. Uh, even when leaked photos released a couple years ago, I called it out and said that I didn't like it. I didn't even really like the motorcycle that much. Um, but it didn't take away from the performance. It didn't take away from the action. I thought the action was great. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great suit, but in the grand scheme of things. I enjoyed it. And getting even to that Wonder Woman scene where Batman kind of, you know, is, is wrapped up by the lasso of truth. And he says some things and people are complaining about that. That is funny. It, it works. It makes sense. It's a good scene. And, and I, I, people just want to bitch to bitch. That's what it is. Jay, why am I not surprised? Trying to keep saying half like, look at his profile picture. He's a Snyder fan. Jay, it's fine, man. People can be Snyder fans. People can like Affleck. People can like Keaton. You, you don't, it's not a be all end all. I know, Jay, I know you're a huge Sam Raimi Spider-Man fan. I know that you've been talking about it on my channel and other channels that I listen to and watch for years. But that's not everybody's Spider-Man. That's not everybody's favorite. You know, you, you just have to realize that you can have a favorite. Other people can have others as well. Triton, for all Batman and Robin's, Robin's problems, the scenes of Bruce and um, Il Alfred have some genuine heart to them. You're exactly right. Uh, again, George Clooney, while he was miscast as Batman, he was not miscast as Bruce Wayne, and he was in a bad movie. <laughs> There's no other way to put, to put it. He was in a bad movie. I want Batfleck versus Deathstroke. I do, too. Um, don't think it's ever going to happen, but I do want to see it. I want more Michael Keaton, maybe Batman Beyond or Tim Burton, Batman 3. With how bad The Flash is doing, I don't think we're going to see Keaton again. Um, unless the Batgirl movie ever, for whatever reason, finds, you know, it, you, you might find it one day at some comic convention in a bin somewhere. Uh, I, I don't think we're ever going to see Keaton again as Batman. I know that there's rumors, and yes... There's people on there trying to dispute these rumors. I heard a number of years ago that there was plans for a Batman Beyond movie. Yes, there was also talk about Batgirl, and everybody was saying, no, the Batman Beyond film actually became the Batgirl movie. To a point, yes. What actually happened was they were talking about both. They decided to go with Batgirl. They wanted to go with Batgirl because it would be more connected to the current universe. But they wanted to do a Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton and that would have happened later on how far those talks ever got. I don't know, but there were talks about doing that 100%. Lauren says, I didn't mind the CGI. Neither did I. I will say the baby scene in the beginning, the CGI for the babies and all that was rough. I, that whole scene, that whole, mm, yeah, it, it was rough. Not enough for me to, stand up and say screw this movie but it wasn't great jay says speaking of i've seen people wanted the film to explain what keaton has been up to since 92 like selena alfred etc um i mean 
he talks a little bit about it. He says that the Gotham is safe and he's just been hanging out painting. That's pretty much it. You don't need more than that. And here's another thing. I don't think this is ex the exact same Batman from those movies. I think it's a version of that Batman, but I don't think it's the same Batman. Just because of how everything was explained. And, you know, if you think about it, how this movie ends, they're dead when this movie ends. Like, there's no explanation. There's no happy ending for... 89 Batman or Sasha Kaye's Supergirl. They're dead. <laughs> like it's just some people kind of forget to mention that. Like they're dead. Yes, I know that the original ending, they would have been alive. But the ending they have, they're not there. They're they're dead. Where is to honor Kevin Conroy in the Flash movie? Hunter, you're not wrong. I I, I think that it would have been nice to show some animated um footage. I'm sure they have something. They might. But again, this wasn't necessarily a Batman movie. We saw plenty of Batman in this film. Uh, again, I, I mean, they can only do so much. Um, I don't think they honored any animation. They did kind of all live action. Most. Like I said, they didn't even, they didn't even honor the CW universe, which I think was a slap in the face. Jay says, reminds me, I see people want Grant Gustin and John Wesley ship as cameos since this is a Flash movie. I would have liked to have seen Grant Gustin. Rumor has it that they actually shot a scene with Grant Gustin, but it was cut and left on the cutting room floor. Why did they not just add a little piece of him? Why did they show that Jay Garrick running in the, the multiverse? Why didn't they make that Grant Gustin? That's just my thing. Like They should have done something in that regard. Lawrence Fury, I didn't like the suit either. The Flash movie fell like a Justice League Unlimited episode to me. <laughs> Triton J and I have some history. Poindexter's Lounge. Okay, you guys got some got some history. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Poindexter, man, I miss. I I, I do miss um, Enosh. Enosh and I and I had some good conversations in the past. I never got to be on his show. I always wanted to be on his show. I, I we tried to make it happen, but I know he stopped doing his show. Is he has he started it back up at all? Uh, I don't know. Like I miss Enosh though. He's a great. He's a great guy. He's a really great guy. BlackRock. I think we are looking at sixty percent plus drop next week. I really hope not. I, I hope that it's around the fifty to fifty-five percent drop. Um, if if we can if we can keep because remember there's nothing really coming out this weekend. But then again, Spider Verse kind of took the first place back yesterday. Uh, so it could it could drop sixty plus. I I just. I think if it, if it's near the closer to 50% or 55% of a drop it is, the better chance it has of at least getting over that 500 million by the end of its run. Um, if it's over 60% for a drop this weekend, I think 300 million is going to be hard for it to get at this point. <clears throat> and Jay goes, what? How's he not the Burton Batman? There wasn't any giveaways. It's not that he's not the Burton Batman, okay? So we had 89 Batman, we had Batman Returns, and then let's say there's a piece of spaghetti that falls right here, and he goes that way. And sure, there's the, there's the Burton Batman that still goes this way and has a dark history and path. But I think this version, while yes, it's that, that Batman... I think that it's not necessarily what Burton would have done with the character. If that makes sense. I, I don't know. And this could even be a Batman that takes place like the Batman, like 
Batman Returns may not have taken place. You know, if you take a look, he opens up that door and there's all these different bat suits there. And like a lot of them, you know, you have to wonder, like, what were they for? When, he, when did he use them? Especially because it seems like Gotham has been under control for a good decade or two. So when could he have used those? I would have think I was thinking maybe he used them before those those films in some form or fashion. I I don't know. There's the mansion, like they recreated the room from the first Batman movie where he talks to what's his face, the news reporter guy. Uh, you know, they they recreated that room. They recreated the the kitchen from the first Batman where he and Alfred sit and talk. And I think even Vicky Vale is in there at one point with him. You know, they they recreated some of these great location so again because it's a multiverse yes it's 1989's batman but not necessarily the exact 1989 batman again it's hard to to make make that make sense the jay garrick from the flash film is teddy sears who is in the flash show was a fake jay garrick i know that the problem is it looks like teddy sears teddy sears he says he didn't get any any notification that he was going to be in the flash movie. They could have just reused footage, but you would think that they would have had to get permission to use his likeness in a movie. So that's the only thing that I'm confused about. I'd have to see the credits to see. I'm sure they would put that in there in the credits who, who it was. Um, it, it, like you said, it's an interesting cameo choice, right? And because it doesn't make sense. If you're going to use somebody from the CW universe, you, you need to use Grant Gustin. You just have to. Triton, I'm glad Conroy got to play live-action Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse, Crisis on Infinite Earth, regardless of your thoughts on the writing he got. Dude, owned the role. Rest in peace. I agree. I think he did good in the role. It was different. Uh, I was a little shocked where they went with his character, but yeah, yeah, it was good. Jay says, so you're saying Keaton's Bruce still went through 89 and returns, but then went in a separate path where he completely finished saving Gotham. Yes. Yes, I, that's that's the way I'm looking at it, Jay. That, that's the way I look at it with this Batman, I because... I don't think Burton's Batman would ever have saved Gotham 100%. I think it would have always been in disarray. I often look at Batman the Animated Series as a continuation of 89 and Returns. Granted, I know some of the styles and Joker being alive and all that is, is vastly different. But to me, I always looked at that as almost like a continuation from that more than what Forever and, and Batman and Robin was. Triton says, apparently Affleck got left out of the credits and unions were not happy. I don't know about the, really, the unions were not happy. Affleck had a scene. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I got to start wrapping this up here soon. But the scene was a post-credit scene. Barry returns to his apartment and his TVs come on and it's all staticky and everything like that. And you hear Ben Affleck's voice, help us, Barry find us Barry or something like that. Help find us Barry, find us Barry. And it's Ben Affleck calling from the multiverse for Barry to find that iteration, the Snyderverse iteration of the characters. And that's was supposed to lead eventually in the Hamadaverse. It was going to lead to a crisis on infinite earths where all of these iterations, they were hoping to get all these new iterate the new iterations and the old iterations, as much of them as they could back together and have one big blowout, similar to how you know Endgame was or something like that. 
Uh, Jay says it'd be funny to pay off the crisis cameo. It'd be a funny to pay off the crisis cameos. Barry is in the Chronicle and sees an interesting event in his life. He peeks in and sees when he met Grant Gustin and says, "Oh, I remember that. That would have been cool. I would have been down for that." Again, I, I would have loved to have seen more of a connection to um, to. Heck, I, I think they should have shown Oliver Queen in some form or fashion. Oh, that's not good. That's, that would be bad. I didn't notice. I, I didn't notice the credit. I think they're a costume and makeup team. I'm sure they'll rectify that. If they haven't already, I'm sure they will rectify that. Because that, that seems... Like it was probably an accident or an oversight. I don't know. This was a great show, guys. I wanted to talk about so much more. I wanted to talk about the future of the DC DCU. Um, and quickly, uh, let me just say, I think that what James Gunn has to do with the DCU, what I think he has to do is I think he has to reboot. He has to continue forward doing what he plans on doing. Granted, the Flash has flopped. That's unfortunate. Blue Beetle, I think, is probably going to flop. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to do as well as we hope. I think it's going to be a fun film, but I think the audience is sick and tired of this iteration, this version of these characters. So I think it's going to flop. Aquaman 2, I think is going to flop. So I think Warner Brothers cannot bank on these movies. I think they have to look to the future, look to 2025, Superman Legacy, and really, truly, DC Studios needs to put as much as they can into Superman Legacy and focus on this reboot. That's what needs to happen. Jay says, well, Bruce Tim has said he took influence from me. I movie created the look of Gotham. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Jay. I know about all that. But yeah, let me know your thoughts on all this. The Flash movie, what you think needs to happen with DCU. I think, like I said, they have to move on with this reboot. There's never been a more defining moment for a franchise to need a reboot than this weekend this past weekend proved that this franchise needs a reboot and if you ask me they may want to just write off aquaman if they can aquaman 2 and just leave it go release blue beetle on max and just go from there i don't know let me know your thoughts on all of it again this was a great episode uh, Triton says, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. Release the air cut. Give Batfleck his solo film. Let Snyder finish his story and then do a full reboot. Thank you all for joining. This was a great... Uh, I, I love this episode. This might be my favorite episode I ever did. It's all thanks to you guys. All thanks to you. So hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Share this around to all your friends and family, grandmothers and uncles and nieces and nephews. And with all that said, I'll talk to all of you later. <laughs>